Yes. Maybe like every every week or every couple weeks I'll need you to remind me you hate going places and you hate people. You better not be out in public. <laughs> I'm not. I'm home. <laughs> hey Kate. Hey Caitlin. How are you doing? Ooh, I'm good. It's great to see you again this week. You too. Coming off a an extra long weekend, which was mm-hmm. just glorious. Doing lots of stuff around the house. And also needed. Oh my god, yeah. Oof. Yeah. What a yeah. slog. If you don't know who we are, um, I'm Caitlin, and this is my lovely host, Kate. Hi! <laughs> and uh, together we're Hey Beautiful, and we recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother one week at a time. Spoiler free. Um, yes. Yeah, that's important to us. Uh, also, this week we have an extra special piece, which uh, includes an interview for the two members of the band Wait For It. So... Mm. Yeah, very. It was really cool to talk with them. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and I am really enjoying their CD. Um, yeah, it's a perfect summer album, like you had said. So true. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna air that a little later in the episode. So stay tuned for that. All right, you ready to get into it? Oh yeah. This is World's Greatest Couple, which is. Uh, the fifth episode of season two, and it aired on October 16th in 2006. Uh, we have another lady writer this week. Lady writer! <laughs> Brenda Shea. Uh, this is the third of six episodes that she's written. Uh, she'll write one more this season, How Lily Stole Christmas. Really love that one. And then mm-hmm. we have a couple later on. <clears throat> she's also a writer and producer for Disjointed. I don't remember. I don't remember if we talked about this before in the other episodes she had written. I've watched this Disjointed. I, I I like it, but I like, like it, but it goes really cheesy it. really quickly. Oh yeah. But yeah, some yeah. moments I'm like jaw like hanging yeah. open, can't yeah. handle my life, laughing so hard. But a lot of times I'm like, okay. right, right, right. I mean, for me, it's not like it's not this show. No, but oh, God, it was no. it was a nice way to pass the time. Some funny jokes and. Lots of lots of uh, marijuana humor, which I appreciate. So yeah, check that out if you ever need a. Just watch something to watch when you're high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say just just watch *Harry Met Your Mother* again. Yeah, and as always, the episode was directed by Pamela Fryman. Our story begins with future Ted narrating over a bunch of scenes from previous episodes um, that feature Barney. So it's all these different clips of Barney, and future Ted is telling us how. Barney's apartment was always some sort of enigma that nobody had ever stepped foot there until one day. And we have Barney in bed with some woman and come to find out it's Lily and they wake up screaming at one another. Uh, So obviously this is such a great like setup for the episode because I want to know how the fuck did they get in bed with each other? Clearly they don't know either. So it's going to be a surprise for everyone. Yeah. It's like the way they... We've talked about this before, how, how I Met Your Mother will give you, like, the end of the story, mm-hmm. and then it makes you want to know the middle part even more than you might have if they had started at square one. That's yeah. a little intrigue. Yeah, it's a little, it's a hook, right? Yeah, yeah. Two weeks earlier, we find out Lily had a housewarming, and Ted and Robin come over with this beautiful gift basket that they put into a bathtub, <laughs> which is smack in the middle uh, between her toilet and her stove incorator, which is a cross between a stove and oven, which is not uncommon, uh, but it also adds in a sink and a fridge. I'm not sure how that's safe. I've had one of those. You have? In France? In France, yeah. When I was living there, I had a very, very small apartment with everything in the same room. I mean, there was a the bathroom. Was there a toilet? There was, The toilet wasn't in the room, but it was a very teeny tiny bathroom within the room. Um, but yeah, stove incorator, two burners, fridge. Actually, there was no oven. So this was an even lower budget version. Wow. Like, how is it safe to have like the sink and... I... Hard to say if it was safe. I'm not sure. I feel like there are different <laughs> it, rules there. It exists, but we can't uh, yeah. attest to its safety. Different rules in Europe and New York City, where they're just shoving people in like shoeboxes. New York City, I mean. Yeah, right. So she's got, you know, this beautiful stove incorator, a Murphy bed that doesn't quite fit in the space it's given. Ugh. So you're always up at an angle 
and uh, Lithuanian neighbors who shout at her. We find out there's also some sort of critter that's sharing the space with Lily because it <laughs> ate her fruit basket in less than five minutes. Yep. And I was thinking it might have been all the cheese in the basket. Because you oh, see yeah. the fruit. And then she says, where's all the... And you kind of hear mice. So I was wondering yeah. if it was... I'm, but the later they say a raccoon, so who knows? Yeah, who can say? But damn, Lily is just like full rock bottom in this moment. It's bad. Yeah, like this is the apartment we saw when she went apartment hopping with Ted and Robin. And this was the one she didn't want. Right. But it was the last one available so the apartment is a metaphor for marshall yeah it's real sad to see yeah to see her in this full dump it's terrible yeah so then at the bar ted and robin are kind of brainstorming about what they can do to get lily out of this horrible situation robin says she can't have lily because lily's allergic to dogs so that's a little piece of information we're learning Mm -hmm. Uh, she can't stay at ted's obviously because marshall lives there (laughs) and the obvious choice is Barney because he's loaded and lives by himself, but Barney refuses to let anyone into the fortress of Barnitude. And this is not the last time that we, he will refer to his apartment as such. Um, there's actually an entire episode about it later down the line. Marshall comes in really excited about the fact that he has two tickets. <gasps> For the Alanis Morissette concert. What? And he needs someone to go with him. And no one wants to go. That's pretty sad to me. I love Alanis Morissette. Right? I'd go to a free concert. Absolutely. Apparently he bought them when he and Lily were still together. And I can't believe Robin, of all people, is hating on Alanis Morissette. She's Canadian! She's freaking Canadian. And she... there are other similarities that we will see later on. True. So she's full of it. That, to mm-hmm. me, is a little bit of a character flaw. But that's okay. You, you, you. I don't know. We're, we're seeing now from Marshall what we saw last episode from Lily, which is his frustration with being single. Um, he regrets that he can't do all the fun couple stuff that he used to do with Lily, where you kind of just have an automatic built-in companion for, yeah, for concerts and farmer's markets and brunch of all things (laughs) and i love they do this little flashback to marshall trying to go to brunch by himself at the popover pantry i love saying pantry it's such a great pantry so many plosives plosives okay okay little little speech science on the show he gets shamed by the host at the popover pantry trying to go to brunch by himself and i just love (laughs) that in this in this universe, brunch is a couple's thing to literally everyone. Yeah. It's like, really? Brunch? brunch? He knows that he's he's out of his league. Next we cut to Barney and we see him walking into his apartment. It's night. Everything's dark. And he's on this stupid little earpiece Bluetooth thing. I'm so <laughs> glad those aren't a thing anymore. I know. Unless you're like a more rural soccer mom. With the may I speak to your manager haircut? Yes, exactly. And he's like kind of having this sort of like tough sounding conversation, talking about betting and the gaming commission and being owed money. And come to find out, he's just talking to his ma. Who also doubles as his bookie, apparently. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I love, I want to, I want to meet this woman. I want to know more about her. I yeah. mean, she birthed Barney, so. Right. She's got to be a hot ticket. Barney comes in and puts his mail on the counter. And Lily is sitting behind him on the couch with this little, like, ducky. She was ready for bed and pulled down the Murphy bed with the wall. Mm -hmm. And she looks entirely out of place in Barney's apartment with that cute little ducky, like you said, and her pink Mm -hmm. pajamas. Because the apartment is exactly, I think, what you would expect from Barney. But it's Barney. Yeah. Right? It's, like, sleek and spare and gray. Gray. Like, lots of grays and dark wood and leather and the giant stormtrooper. It's just like the inside of Barney's brain. Basically. Right. She was also probably a little afraid to sit anywhere. <laughs> True story. The ducky was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It was. You know, Barney would help her, but there's just, he doesn't have any room. <laughs> Lily points out that he does have a room for suits, but 
you know, which at this point, what do you say? They're like his family now or something? Yeah, at this point in his life. <laughs> at this point in his life, yeah. So eventually, you know, they come to the agreement that she could only stay there for two days, which is really generous. Is it? You know, if you think about it. Well, two days is generous from your on one of your really good friends. Yeah, I just I don't like people. <laughs> yeah, I guess having people like in your space would be tough. In your space. And she doesn't have yeah. a job, right? Right. Yeah, no, she she's just have a job. there. It's true. Very I like true. my space. He did lay down some rules, though. Well, one rule. Well, one rule. Right. So not to change anything. Not a damn thing. He's nervous about having a woman in his space constantly. Um, and we also see his gigantic full wall flat screen TV for the first time. That you could only get in, uh, what was it? It comes China? from Japan. Japan. And they ship it over in a tugboat like King Kong. Like freaking King Kong. I love that part. <laughs> it's like I know a guy. So one of the guys, Barney knows, can also of get course. your 300 foot screen television. Up at the apartment, Marshall comes home. From the Alanis Morissette concert. And we find out that he went with a friend from law school. Ted and Robin assume that it's a girl. And that he's sort of getting past Lily and, you know, taking a big step. But it's actually Brad. A.K.A. drunk legal dude from last episode. I love how Marshall kind of goes from looking like sheepish, sheepish to like kind of like proud. Like brad like he's excited yeah he's got a buddy yeah and he's this whole episode is marshall it sounds like he's defending his choices but i think he's also trying to convince himself of things at the same time so this is the first place we see that uh we cut to the bar right after alanis morissette i guess they went and grabbed a drink and before we even get into this scene right at the door did you notice the shirt on the guy no it says future (laughs) ex-husband This guy at the door. No so I just way. That was interesting. Yeah. Oh man, I missed it. And it looks like a handmade shirt. So love it. Check on back for that one. Um, but so yeah, we get this flashback of the bros getting a drink after the concert, and it turns out Brad is also newly single. Oh. And that Kara, she was the future attorney general that doesn't know how to do a hit from a beer bong. Dumped him. And maybe she went after the future Supreme Court justice. Oh yeah. Maybe she nice shaved his ass. Sh- Nice, freshly freshly shaved ass. Maybe. Maybe. She heard about Marshall and Lily and thought she's got to... Hey, man, that happens. Yeah. One breakup happens and it sets off a chain reaction. It's a domino. It's it's real. It's It's real. So Brad is another guy like Marshall who was in a very long-term relationship and is feeling the sting of singlehood. So that's, that's kind of why they've bonded and why they had such a good time. So Marshall was so excited about... The fact that he and Brad were bonding and having a good time together as single guys, kind of reclaiming space in couples areas that he invited Brad to brunch. And Ted and Robin think it's kind of weird because brunch is girly for some reason. Whatever. It's a couple thing. It's not a girly thing. Um, but yeah, Marshall tries to defend himself. This is one place here where it also sounds like he's trying to convince himself That it's Mm -hmm. not something weird. You get this cute little moment between him and Ted where he says, breakfast isn't girly and lunch isn't girly, so why is brunch girly? And Ted (laughs) compares that to the makings of a unicorn. Horse horn, not girly. Put them together. Got a pretty girly horse. Magical. The scene ends with Marshall using, we're here, we're hungry, get used to it. Uh, Which is, if you don't know, if you're very young... It's a takeoff on we're here, we're queer, get used to it, which is... Wait, people... People might not know that. Ooh. I mean, it's an it's kind of an old-timey it, yeah, uh, no, protest it is, it is. thing. It's just um, weird. We're in a different age gay, bracket. Yeah, for the LGBT movement. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess back then it was probably just LG. But it's yeah, ex- or expand just, a lot, or just G. G? Yeah, because <laughs> even lesbians were kind of ostracized. So that's kind of a little wink at the fact that this might be a little gay, like him and Brad hanging out all the time. And it doesn't seem like Marshall really gets the irony of saying that. You think he might after an Alanis Morissette concert. <laughs> hey So the next morning, we're back in uh, 
Barney's apartment and find out Lily has broken the rules. She prepared a delicious breakfast and fresh coffee, which Barney promptly throws out. I love it. He's even set up his apartment to give off vibes that this is a place to leave. So yeah. it gives Lily this great tour to show off all of the things he has done in order to deter any unwanted overnight guests, such as a king-size bed with a full-size blanket and one pillow. <laughs> the tiny little blanket kills me. Uh, in the bathroom, there's only one towel, no hair dryer, a toilet seat that doesn't keep, stay down. <laughs> I love this. He has this line. He says, you know where I keep that stuff? Your place. Beat it. Beat it. <laughs> I also love that every room he goes into, he says, welcome in a different language. Oh. So it's a lot. It, it felt like an Epcot kind of tour. You are right. Good catch. Yeah, I try. Yeah. Um, also has a professionally lit porn collection. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he never really has to do any of the dirty work. He lets the apartment do that for him. And Lily points out that he's got a stormtrooper, but it's actually a clone trooper. But that's under like the category of prequels. So okay, I'll just skip over it. But oh, I was Lord. wondering, Kate, what would be a deal breaker for you if you went back to somebody's apartment? Um, a mattress without sheets on it. Oh, right. Oh, or like the smell of like animals. Yeah, I think for me, just like a dirty apartment, just dirty. Like there could be clutter and there could be things around, but dirty is I can't handle dirty. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Just don't be gross. If you're bringing someone back to your apartment, try give it a little effort. Yeah, try a little bit. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brad and Marshall are at the popover pantry, and both of them are just super jazzed to be back at brunch, back in the brunch game, and they're both really adamant about how cool this totally is, and again, they're just sort of convincing each other. Convince each other about it, yeah. All of a sudden, Brad gets really serious, and he says it's destiny, because he has two tickets to see Mamma Mia!, which he bought for him and Kara, and now he wants Marshall to join him. Now we've gone from an Alanis Morissette concert to brunch to not ABBA. only yeah, not only Broadway, but ABBA on Broadway. So like I love ABBA. The the gay factor is is ratcheting up each time. Huge. Uh-huh. Huge, yeah. Now we're starting to wonder about Brad. I mean, I think we know he's not gay, but he's really transferring all that relationship stuff onto Marshall with no with no problem whatsoever. Back in Barney's apartment, we see this woman laying next to him on her side, looking at him as he kind of is like waking up. And all I can think of is how much she looks like Derek Barry. Oh wow. I had not or even a Britney thought Spears about that. impersonator. Or we really yes. thought like baby one more time. Yes. Yeah yeah. Um yeah. Derek Barry is definitely more like oops and that For later later yeah, yeah. no especially like looked... the, the little gray dress it's very oops, uh-huh. I did it again you're totally yeah right. and she's like this totally crazy bitch who is just like staring at him mm-hmm. like just staring and I love Barney wakes up trying to be like real like super cash and he asks if the cold woke her because <laughs> his little baby as he blanket. like grabs his tiny blanket <laughs> and um and then at this point, he really just kind of starts to point out all the things in his apartment that are supposed to deter her, but mm-hmm. she has an answer. She didn't find out that there was only one towel because she doesn't shower because she doesn't buy into the myth that we need to shower every day. She doesn't drink coffee because she's boycotting it because you might as well drink the, the tears of a Colombian peasant farmer. And guess what? She's unemployed, so she can hang out all day. Yay! Oh, <laughs> Barney starts to get like nervous. He has like this panic on his face and he runs out of the room and just starts like grabbing at this porn. And she <laughs> makes a comment about how he's so open about his sexuality. And that's another feature she loves about him. Oh, well, cat's out of the bag. I she love you. Him. Dawn is not going anywhere when Lily comes in and literally saves Barney. Yeah. Because she wasn't turned off by anything Barney threw her way except... Barney possibly being married. Barney declares that she is better than porn <laughs> and proposes that she stay there with the condition that she has to help scare off any unwanted uh, visitors. So now she's looking at pretty much like a rent-free gig. All she has to do is kick out the random girl every now and again. Would you do that deal? 
Oh my god, fuck yes. Are yeah. you kidding me? Rent yeah. free? Hell yeah. In New York? In New Barney's York. apartment is nice. It really is. He's a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. It's huge. Totally. No, I def I definitely would. Easily. And like <sighs> Lily, I feel like I would I would know that I could eventually get some changes made. Oh yeah. You know, like sort of ease into it. All right, so we're about halfway through the episode, and I think now would be a great time to share with you guys the interview we did. Yeah. So uh, last week, uh, right before we filmed Ted Mosby Architect, we got a chance to chat with the creators of the band Wait For It, Mm -hmm. Adam and Aaron. I found them on Twitter and started following them a while ago, and... Finally decided I should reach out and see if they wanted to come on the show and talk a little bit about how How I Met Your Mother influenced their band and their music. So let's listen to Hey Beautiful's interview with Wait For It. There is a band out there created by two How I Met Your Mother fans and actually named after a Barney Stinson catchphrase. Mm. Yeah. So we are so excited to welcome our guests for this episode, hailing all the way from West Virginia, Adam Fox and Aaron Griffin, the founders of the band Wait For It. Yay! Hello, Hello. Yay. Hello boys. Or men. Hi. <laughs> Either one works. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's very exciting. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves and let us know what you do in the band? Okay. Um, I'm Adam. And I'm the singer. I'm Aaron. I play guitar and do some backup vocals. Sweet. And who does the songwriting? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> I do lyrics and melodies, sort of, and then bring them to Aaron, and then he kind of makes it a song. We're very unorthodox, because I don't know how to play anything. Yeah, he just likes okay. to pretty much yeah bring lyrics and melodies to me, and then I kind of put um, either like chords to it or even build some songs out on the computer with it. So Cool. Mm. So, so when you... So you, you don't, don't play an instrument. instrument, so do you just have, like, a melody in your head and you can kind of hear what it sounds like? Basically, is it a specific instrument, or is it just... No, I, I just write... Um, I'll write lyrics and kind of just hum a melody to it, and then whenever I start thinking, okay, this sounds decent, I'll get a voice memo, and then I'll send it to Aaron and be like, so do you think we can work with this? And you know, That's awesome. Super yeah. collaborative. I like it. Pretty much take, like, the music theory ideas that he doesn't know or knows how to, like elaborate on them and I kind of like turn them into things that can like make sense um which I mean he honestly like does a great job right off the bat so hey, thanks, man. that's the first time I've ever heard that <laughs> <laughs> great um, how would you guys categorize wait for it's music to all of our five fans who are listening to that's this also an interesting <laughs> question we're in the bit of a transitional phase I guess of like yeah what we want our sound to be so it started off as like really into that like warp Tory kind of scene and we wrote songs back in like gosh I was probably what senior in high school or maybe yeah, so I'm a year like, older than Aaron it was like what, so 2013 2013-ish yeah. um and we released that and now you know we've had some like lineup changes just from friends coming and going with college mm-hmm. and things like that and so now our music tastes have also really changed so we're in the middle of writing a lot of new stuff. <laughs> we kind of transitioned even at the end of, like, when we were really active releasing music, we started doing some cover songs. Um, and the cover songs were more of, like, in the direction that we wanted to start moving. And so now what we're writing currently is a lot more alternative pop. We still like to have a little bit of rock in there, but I think it's safe to say we're ditching all punk roots. Yeah, yeah it's okay. sad. But uh, yeah. it's just like, yeah, just as our music tastes have changed, we've kind of... You've grown and evolved, and so has your music, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good, that's way, a good way to yeah. put it. If that's pop it. punk somehow got really big again, we'd totally be in the right... We would go <laughs> right back. Yeah. Uh-huh, Well, that's like the soundtrack of like my high school, college days, yeah. so it was pretty nostalgic. Because we're super old. So yeah, I was we're like... super old. Like, you're talking about 2013, I was like, oh, I was... I've been working. <laughs> I've been out of school for some time at that point yeah. yeah we always we always tell people like when they would ask us like what kind of music we listen to we're like if it was popular in like 2002 we're still listening to it yeah that's our that's our that's our jam that's our sweet base. spot find a band that sounds like that but release music today <laughs> yeah. so it, it stays yeah. fresh right so yeah, yeah. awesome mm-hmm. so in the spirit of how i met your mother yes i would love to know how you guys met each other 
That's wild. Well, that's, that's a good question. I don't, do you don't wanna, know how I wouldn't have You don't have to take that. nine seasons to do it in 208 <laughs> episodes, but... <laughs> so we should make this really long in how we tell it. Now, um, we initially met in, like, a youth group um, in high school. I uh, went to a church um, in his hometown, and we kind of met just through going there, and our church did a couple, like, uh, music competition type of things, and we ended up, like, playing worship music together. And um, that kind of morphed into us starting to write songs together as well. Right. Yeah, we got like a lot of confidence because we did pretty well at those competitions. So, um, yeah, we just we were just like, why don't we just start writing music together? And then the friendship was kind of formed. And here we are, what, like eight, seven years later, six years later. So, yeah. Did it was it originally worship music that you were writing or did you jump right into the more mainstream stuff? It was never worship. Yeah, that's true. But it was (laughs) I guess it did start out a little Christian. Like hmm. we had a Christian. Like, we were going to be the next like Reliant K or something. I don't okay, know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I don't even know what that is because I'm a heathen. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Christian light. Christian light. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Essentially. How did you land on Wait For It as a name? Like, where did the How I Met Your Mother stuff come from? I distinctively remember the moment. Do you remember the moment? Were we at church? We were sitting. Okay. <laughs> we were sitting. <laughs> Listen. In- yeah go ahead go ahead we were sitting in the well so we went to church but we would sit like in the very back pew of like the balcony in a balcony so no one was behind us no one was behind us so we could like text and like we're terrible we're terrible and like we're there and our moms know we're there so we're like pleasing them but we're like half paying attention sorry mom (laughs) she'll probably listen to this uh, yeah so we were like i think Okay, so we had a band name before, not a real band name, but the one we used for our competitions, and we were, like, thinking about wanting to release, like, our own stuff, and we were, like, trying to figure out band names. We're a big fan of, like, references and, like, referencing things and quoting things all the time, and right. and we wanted to, like, make our band name, like, meaningful in that regard, so we wanted to, like, reference something, and we went through a bunch of ideas, and I we were Yo, literally... Right. Naming a band sucks yeah, because <laughs> once you pick it, you're branded. I mean, it's like probably like a podcast. Like it's probably hard. It was probably took you guys a long time to pick your name. Yeah, Kate did yeah. all that part, as you already know. I did nothing. Take no credit for it. Yeah. I, was, I was waiting for them to be like, no, actually, it was the first name we thought of. And it was <laughs> <laughs> Easiest like, thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we were scrolling through because we wanted to be a High Mitchell Mother reference. We came, I eventually landed on, we wanted to be a reference to that. Because it was in like high school when I first started watching the show. Well, we were both watching it and like we would, I don't know, we were kind of just like catching up on seasons stuff. We were always way behind, but we were kind of mm-hmm. watching around the same yeah. rate. And we were scrolling through, like, the episode list, looking for, like, something that would be cool. Yeah, we were going to name it after, like, a cool episode. I think, like, Slap Bet was, like, an idea one yeah. time. Like, we were like, cool. that'd be cool. Great episode. So we, like, scrolled through and we saw Wait For It. I think uh-huh. it's the last one in season two because then in season three, they're, they, well, wait, hold on, never mind, I can't. No spoilers. I can't spoil. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it yeah, is, no I think, spoilers. the end of season two, so we're on the right season. Cool. You are, you are. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's how we We thought it was it. catchy. And then okay. when we tell people our names, wait for it, then they, like, lean in like we're getting ready yeah, to like, say something. They always yeah. make a bad joke. They're like, oh, well, I'm waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Nice. So do you have any music that's inspired by How I Met Your Mother? We have this one song called Tired Talk, and there's, like, a line in the second verse. Essentially, I, he I, says nothing good happens after, after 2 a.m. is basically what I say. And the moment that he that I'm saying that, I remember we were we were in here, like, recording, and Aaron's like, I have a really funny idea. And then he plays the theme song, like really faintly in the lead guitar part. <gasps> so, really? Yeah, if you listen I gotta closely, go back and listen to a little Easter egg. Yeah, if you nice. listen, uh, second verse, it's the guitar riff is in the right ear only. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of pushed back because uh, there's probably some copyright things we'd run into if it was oh, yeah. prominent. So, <laughs> no, no one, one knows, knows who we are, so um, it's cool. <laughs> so, speaking of your album, the debut album, which is now on iTunes, everybody, it's called Life in the Real World. And is there anything in particular that you took as inspiration for this album? I'm, I'm trying to think of when I was writing most of the lyrics. I was probably like 19. So, it was like the transition from high school to college, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of growing up and I mean obviously like any artist music person like you're gonna write about relationships and things like that but um a lot of it was just about kind of just growing up I guess um having things that you still want to accomplish and you haven't yet and you're just kind of you have the world in front of you and like what are you gonna do now I kind of like that it wasn't super it didn't ever feel when I was listening to it to be super heavy on romantic love it was just about like you said like life experiences I thought that was 
pretty cool because I think sometimes people lean on the love stuff too much. Mm. Yeah, like I, we didn't want to write like sappy. I'm gonna complain about <laughs> girls the whole time. I guess. Um, yeah. There's definitely some in there. Oh, there is. There is but, some but very petty lines in there, but I mean, <laughs> focus on it. Is uh, there one song in particular that epitomizes the album? Or if you had to pick one song for our listeners to listen to, yeah. and hopefully they'll buy the whole album. But yeah, what's one song, or what's your favorite? Um, interpret that question however you would like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say. Probably fire away. Our friends love that one a lot. Yeah, that's it's like a really a like, crowd mm-hmm. pleaser, I guess. Whenever we play, everyone like anywhere from like the tempo, like the vibe of it, to even just like the attitude behind it. Um, everyone seems to like just love the vibe from it. But I also don't think it's like a really good. It doesn't really sum up the album because I mean that one is more of the one that was just kind of petty and. Oh yeah, there's a lot of complaining. This is, in that it song. was just a, a lot of complaining. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I I would probably pick Shoreline of everything, but that's oh yeah, yeah. I like that one. Well, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shoreline is definitely another I think crowd pleaser. Yeah, people, people like that. People one. always. I also love seventy nine. I think that's a really mm-hmm. pretty song. I really like that. That one. was that's a change up one. For us. That was when we were writing it. It was just a lot different. That's one of our favorites, and it's one of the ones like especially my friends like. Like I said, I wrote this when I was like nineteen ish. I had a bunch of high school friends that got back together and had like a bonfire out in the middle of some field. You know how we do in West Virginia and what's um, parties? We have those in New England too. Okay, good, good. Yeah, um, yeah. But we we had a we had a party, and it was the first time like I saw my friends in a while, and I got super nostalgic, and then I ended up like. I was driving home on the interstate and all that stuff came to me. And then I like got home at four o'clock in the morning, had to write it all down to make sure I didn't forget it. That means a lot to me because I think like it's the one that kind of wrote for my friends and I wrote it in like five minutes. Yeah. That's awesome. And even instrumentally, like it's a lot more experimental than the rest of our album. Like we actually took time to put more elements than just, you know, distorted guitars and like drums. Like chug, 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 chug. Yeah. Like we put like, you know. (laughs) Complain, 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 complain. Yeah. So, like, we actually, and it was fun to mix, too, because, like, it has, I did, like, the production for our last album, and, like, it was just fun to build, because every, all of our other songs are just, like, in your face the whole time, and this one, I actually got to, like, start off calm and collect it, and then kind of build up, and then it, like, explodes in the bridge, and um, that was fun to, to build, and in the mixing process so when you guys are not making music together what are you each doing with your lives right now i actually i just graduated from wvu um i was congratulations thank you yeah so what wvu west virginia university i was majoring in advertising and i minored in music technology and music industry and i'm currently working full-time as a video producer i'm actually the head video producer at a marketing firm he's crazy talented he get yeah right out of college he's already like head of a video department at a legit that's firm. amazing like, yeah i interned there whenever i was uh after a freshman year and i, and I just kind of very built smart my, yeah it was very good i just on a whim decided to go after it and it turned into something pretty good so i'm a teacher um <gasps> i'm an english what? teacher uh, I absolutely love it. I just graduated. Actually, we graduated within like a day of each other because I was in a five-year program. I just got my master's in education and a bachelor's in English, and I am currently looking for teaching jobs. Uh, yeah, for teaching high hire school Adam. English. Yeah, yeah, hire, hire him. Hire me. He's great. Congratulations, you guys. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I also work in education. Really? Same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Cool. that's so great. Wait, I'm so, in marketing. Oh, look, you got both of them. Yeah. We're like long lost best friends. I think think so. I already said uh, when our, when our podcast gets big, you guys can open for us. Yeah. When we go on on the road. (laughs) I've always, I've also always wanted, like I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I always hear people throw out the term like friend of the podcast. I really want to be able to say like, oh yeah, we're like a friend of the podcast. You guys are definitely friend of the podcast. Our first interview. Really? Wow. I'm so honored. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so question for you. How did you find us? Because I just remember, like, a week ago, tweeting something that was... It didn't have anything to do with, like, How I Met Your Mother or anything. And I saw, like, Hey Beautiful Podcast liked it. And I had actually listened to you guys before. (gasps) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... Which um, episode? Hopefully not the first I listened to the first... Oh, God. Like... Five, I think. See, and that's why but he used past tense there. He listened well, what happened? to the first five because they're they're what garbage. Happened? It's okay. What happened? What happened? Okay. I you don't need to how it. I met your mother went off of Netflix. Yeah. So I couldn't watch yes. it there. I have all the DVDs, 
But being the good friend that I am, lent them to another friend mm. who then moved away with my DVDs <gasps> and forgot to give them back. She was like begging to watch a show. And I was like, well, heck yeah, I'm going to spread the good vibes. Here are all the DVDs. Go watch them. Have a blast. And then, she, you know, we graduated and I'm still waiting for them back. So oh, I had to stop listening to the podcast because I couldn't keep up with the episodes. I feel like Aaron was saying something and everyone, know, literally like, everyone cut him off. We had thought about start jokingly starting a podcast where we like talk about music. Oh, yeah. Like, <gasps> so like we kind of had similar aspirations back before we were busy. Like yeah. all the time with college. Now yeah. that we're done, maybe we'll have time. Yeah, for it. our schedules just opened up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, no. If you guys want to do a podcast, it's super fun. It's literally uh, anyone can do it. <laughs> and, all right, so let's talk a little more concretely about how I met your mother. Right. What made you guys start watching it in high school? How did you find it? I would just yeah. see it on TV. And I never really even knew whenever I was younger that there was a huge story to it. I thought it was just another one of those sitcoms that just have an episode. So then I started watching it on Netflix. I just binge like the first two seasons at a time and then I would take a break or whatever. And then I continue. And then I think by the end of high school, I had rewatched the five seasons probably like six times. And then as a new one would come out, I'd rewatch them all again. And then that's what I would yeah. do. That's what I would do that too. Um, mine was pretty much the same thing. I, got Netflix for the first time in high school and I was like, whoa, I have all these things I need to watch. And I just heard, I was like, oh, this seems like it's probably decent. I don't know. And then I watched the first episode and I was just completely hooked. It's funny because I would watch it on my iPod Touch because that's like what I watched Netflix on back then. And so I watched the first five seasons on my phone just like this. And oh my like, God. Yeah, I was... But then eventually, like when I I got a laptop for school, and then I that turned into my Netflix machine, and then I would do what Aaron did and watch every episode, and then into the new season, and then the next it's season would get released, and we'd start over again. So I, think I watched it on my Wii. Like, you know, <laughs> oh like my the God. Wii had a Netflix app on it, and I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is awesome!" And that's how I started watching it. What do you guys love the most about the show? One thing that's really cool after you've already seen it. You can kind of just go back and pick an episode and watch it, and you still, like, you still feel it. Yeah, and you can, mm. even someone that hasn't watched it ever before could probably still watch an episode and still be entertained by it. Like, you don't have to even know the whole story all the time to just drop in and well, watch it. That's how episode. you started, you said. Yeah, that's too. literally how I started, was just watching a random episode, and then, yeah. I don't know, I think it can literally be for anyone. It had way more heart than anything I saw on TV. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it simple. It had way more heart. Um, that's a great way to play that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that a lot, how it sort of, it pushes more than a normal sitcom. I remember right. thinking that it wasn't anything special either, and then um, I found it when I was actually living in France, and there wasn't a lot to do, mm-hmm. and wow. I was like, holy shit, like, this gets dark. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it really, I mean, it, it pushes itself for, like, a 30-minute sitcom. It really gets into the the deep, dark stuff. Yeah, it really, it really hits you. Right, like it, friends but like at the end of the day, don't. it's still a sitcom too, and you can still feel like good while you're watching it. I, I just, yeah. it has a really good. You, you get all the emotions in there. Um, is there a character that you guys each identify with? Funny like, that we talk about this one. This is an ongoing joke. Pretty much everywhere I go, it you doesn't matter. Like, you're Ted a Ted. Martin. I'm Ted, and so everybody, <laughs> literally everybody who I meet for the first time, I'm not exaggerating. I have kids and middle school or high school that'll just walk up to me and be like, hey, Mr. Fox, um, has anyone ever told you you look and act just like Ted? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I've been to, like, in college, I'd get together with friends and I'd meet new people and I'd hear someone saying, oh, yeah, like the Ted Mosby-looking guy over there. <laughs> so, Oh, I, my God. Yeah, I get that. You're and, like, Ted plus for Halloween, I've been Ted with the Hanging Chad for, like, probably four years in a row now. <laughs> So, do you have a yes. picture of that? I do. Yes. Yeah, send me a I will. I'll do that. There's this even this girl that I work with that knew I was in a band and she like saw a picture of us on stage and um, on Facebook or whatever. And she's like, You're lead singer. I see him in, she works at a coffee shop too. She's like, I see him in the grind all the time and I always call him Ted Mosby. Like, it's just, it's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, I see the resemblance. I definitely yeah. do. I love it. Yeah. And I think there's this other thing too where. Like, they'd always call me Marshall because, like, I was, like, Aww. his best friend. And I'm, like, bigger and taller than him, which is... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, like I'm not a really big guy. I'm only, like, five foot eight and, like, yeah. pretty scrawny. And, like, <laughs> yeah. he's way taller than me. 
Yep. So Aww, that's, that's, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. I can see it. I can, can definitely see it. See it. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So is there a lily or a robin? For, you know, for the fans at we home. Had, there's always robins. Well, actually, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> ouch. Yeah, so I obviously identify as Ted in many ways. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. So uh, my girlfriend uh, and our anniversary of one year is actually in four days. Um, and so we're in a serious relationship, and that aspect kind of reigns in with uh, um, the whole Ted and Marshall aspect. Even though she's she's a blonde, she's not a redhead. Um, and uh, oh, I've always perfect. been the single yeah. friend yeah. with my friends in relationships. So, yeah. like, I am constantly the third wheel, the fifth wheel, the seventh wheel, like... Yeah, yeah. another reason why they call me Ted <laughs> they'll tell yeah they'll tell me you know they'll call me Schmosby a lot at least you're yeah. human when he was human right so, yeah. very human. so you guys are like I said our first real guest our first interview um so we're gonna start a new tradition and you guys are our first can you please rank the five core characters so Ted Marshall Lily Robin and Barney um, from best to worst. So best is your number one, worst is number five. Right. And came in with worst notes. still means you love them, but... Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah. yeah that, that it's was, more yeah, like was... 1A, 1B, 1C. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's really hard to narrow it down. It's funny, though. We landed on the same, like, we ranked them identical when we walked in. We're like, so how'd you rank them? Yeah. Oh, cool. So you can read them. So here's the official, wait for it, ranking of the characters. Yay. Um, should we start with five and go up, or should we start with one? Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Start from All right. worst to best. Number five is Robin. It's not even so much that we hate her. It's just that... Someone has to be five. Someone has to be five. I have a lot of friends that still hold the opinion that Robin never deserved Ted or deserves him. Um, we'll, we'll just I leave it I feel like she changes so much, too, in the show. Four, we had Barney. Obviously, he is... The funniest person on mm-hmm. the show, um, but I, we kind of rank the characters more or less of like people we would probably want to be friends with. I guess yeah. Barney's a little too out there for us. Three, we had Lily. Lily is a fantastic friend. She is the girl you go to for advice on everything. She is the mom of the group, love her to death. Mm-hmm. But since we're Ted and Marshall, yeah, yeah, we yeah. put. I yeah. Well, I mean, you can put Marshall at one. If I you honestly, want. I still put I still put Ted at one because, like, in terms of relatability, like you always just are feeling what he feels like all the time, and I just that's why I put it's it his show one. too. You know, it's his yeah. perspective, right? Yeah, yeah that's but true. like, I, okay, the reason I put Ted at number one, he's the only character that I've really seen in TV whose like biggest flaw is that he like cares too much. Like that's that's real cool. I'd put that guy at number yeah. one. Yeah. He's, he's, he's also, also, like, the, the best, best friend out of all right. of them, I think, right? Like, yeah, for He sure. really he shows up for anybody. Right. So that's our ranking. Ted, Marshall, Lily, Barney, and Robin. Nice. That's. I think that's very different than a lot of the ones we've heard so far. So. Yeah. Good job, guys. Solid. Thank you, guys. That's really cool, and it's a nice new tradition for the show. Yeah. So for this, this interview is going to air during our recap of best couple ever i was wondering what your legendary moments mm-hmm. are from this episode do you want to go first Aaron? sure i guess it'll go in order of the show too because mine's yeah. before yours so i just think it's really funny um when lily's trying to convince you know barney to let her stay and he's just like the way I, neil patrick harris's delivery is like literally what makes this if i try to say it it just doesn't come off as funny but like uh, he's like, you know, this is not a place for you to leave your stuff here. You can't leave your hair dry here. This is a place to leave. Like, I just, <laughs> his whole delivery on that was just perfect. All so, right, Adam, what's yours? Okay, so mine, coming from the English teacher mind, I probably thought about this way too much, but um, I'm going to geek out here for a second. Okay, so at the, end, out, love it. at the end of the episode, Lily confronts Barty and says, you're terrified that you actually enjoyed like having a woman in here and like, having like a quote-unquote relationship and he just goes "Uh uh-huh you gotta go like he doesn't actually deny it he agrees with her and Mm -hmm. so i thought that that was like a really good way to foreshadow that that's going to be an internal struggle for him throughout the rest of the series so him always wanting to like go live and make every night legendary but also in the back of his mind like 
there are moments where he's obviously he knows he's lying to himself and he wants to settle down. He's just not like he just can't admit it. So I'd say the yeah. foreshadowing there. That's my legendary moment. This is way deeper than mine. <laughs> I'm so. Oh. <laughs> we've had like I, mine has been like Lily's hair, so it doesn't need to be something. <laughs> yeah, I'm super deep. Don't surface. worry. Well, I thought way too much. <laughs> Sometimes we'll talk about like the structure being our favorite part. So. Yeah. I mean, really my, on my backup one was the foliage in Vermont is redonk. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about that storyline in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the real best couple ever? I think it's Marshall and Brad. Personally. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> oh my god, for oh, sure, Brad. Oh. oh my gosh, this was so awesome, guys. Yeah. Truly, this, this is, is so much fun. fun. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you would like to say before we go? Like where people can find you on the internet? Your job, Aaron. This is my thing. All right. So all of our handles on social media are wait number four it band. And um, we have a website. It's just wait for it band. And that's F O R for our website. Wait for it band.com. It's not the most updated thing in the world, but it's there for all our links to everything else. Like we said, we're in the middle of really rebranding and like, you know, we were just so busy with school that we haven't been able to put anything out for like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So we're working really hard now on writing new stuff. So if you go back and listen to the stuff and it's not your thing, you can then listen to the new stuff we'll put out because it probably won't sound that much like alike. Exactly. So yeah, yeah that's how you find us. We try to keep it relatively consistent so it's easy to find. So thank you guys both for being here. Thanks for having um, us. Yeah, thank you. Everybody listening at home, you should go check out Life in the Real World on iTunes and stay tuned for new music coming out. If you guys let us know when you release new stuff, we'll share it with everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys. This is this has been great and we'll we'll be sure to follow you guys. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, we'll be we'll be listening from now on. We'll definitely be plugging it as much as we can for you guys. We'll get as many people to listen as we possibly can. Great. Right. Well have a fantastic night, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Bye. sweet are they they are literally adorable oh my god that was so fun it was so cool to nerd out with other how i met your mother fans i know i really actually enjoyed Mm -hmm. that a lot yeah i mean it always it's always cool but Mm -hmm. uh to see people who have like used it to inspire their stuff yeah like we're doing i mean that's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it was definitely cool to talk about creative stuff with other creatives. So thank you so much, Adam and Aaron, and good luck with your new jobs and graduating. Congratulations. Like they've just got the whole world ahead of them. They really do. Yeah. So we're we'll be looking out for you guys. All right, so let's jump back into World's Greatest Couple. At the bar, Marshall is trying to again defend his choice to go out with Brad to see Mamma Mia. Um, Robin and Ted are calling it a third date, which in dating world usually means you're getting down. And yes, <laughs> right. That's like the standard. That doesn't have to be how it is. <laughs> Feel free to give up your flower whenever you'd like, ladies and gents. <laughs> <laughs> your flower. So. Marshall's trying to be really like masculine about this and it's just two bros taken in a Broadway show but then there's also dinner before Marshall first says oh we're gonna grab some steaks yeah my grab a steak yeah like still trying to make it sound super broy. but then mm-hmm. we find out the steaks will be served at Cafe L'Amour which um is a is yeah which means Cafe of Love Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't speak basic French, and we're not familiar, that is that is um the romantic restaurant of How I Met Your Mother. So we'll see that a bunch more going forward. Robin reminds Marshall to not wear gr- granny panties for this date because it sounds I like love it. Brad Brad has a really nice night planned, and Marshall's still doing the same thing as defending his choices, you know, and saying. You guys are just threatened because we're single guys and we're crashing in on all of your (laughs) fun couple stuff. But then he also gets excited about like what he's going to wear. And to me, like I said, it's pretty clear that neither of them are actually gay, but they've just transferred this like couple's muscle memory onto each other. 
And so it doesn't matter who the person is because it's not yeah. about the sexual attraction. It's about the companionship. We're back in Barney's apartment and we see him sitting at the table and it's morning and there's breakfast around. There's a woman we've never seen before reading the <laughs> newspaper. And Barney asks her to pass the arts and leisure section twice. Uh, the <laughs> second time he says it a little more pronounced. And, to- and, and then, toward the front door. <laughs> yes. And towards the front door, yes. And then Lily walks in, and it's this very dramatic scene. And, you know, she's kind of done her homework. She's owning this character and making it her own. She throws in a slap uh, and just really makes it feel more authentic. She was about to turn on the waterworks when the woman stormed out. (laughs) I wonder how many times she had done this at that point. Yeah. You know, because I, I imagine the, the full backstory didn't come right away. And they have this really great little, like, debrief after the scene where, you know, they talk about, like, the what she's done and how Barney really loves it. And it's really, really cute. It's like a yeah. little acting workshop. Yeah, a little scene uh, study. <laughs> but Lily is super crafty and throws in that if we really want to, like, pull this off, we need to make the apartment look a little more homey. So they do this like little makeover and um, Lily adds some you know feminine touches, plants, a rug. The tro- clone trooper goes down. So does the porn. All to make it feel more like an, a woman actually does live there. <laughs> and AKA so Lily feels more comfortable in this place where she's living. And the song that's playing in the background is one of my favorites from How I Met Your Mother. Because I can't help but seeing, like, the colorful pillows and the Mm -hmm. colorful blankets rolling out. It's called Don't Call Me Whitney, Bobby. (laughs) And it's by the band Islands. So you guys can check that out on your own time. She's doing with Barney what Marshall's doing with Brad, which is making Barney her stand-in partner for all the stuff that she misses Mm -hmm. about being in a relationship. And she's also teaching him the way she taught Robin last episode. You know, you even see her hand him this relationships for dummies book yep so it's like she's this so this is the second character in a row that lily is sort of easing into the idea of what it means to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. while also getting something out of it herself obviously true so then we cut to marshall coming home from his quote-unquote date with brad looking concerned And so Mm -hmm. the rest of the scene, we're cutting back and forth between the date and present day. And it sort of builds up with Marshall saying, it gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse. And he admits that it was kind of a date and that Brad picked up the check and cleaned chocolate off of his chin and helps him (laughs) with his jacket. Yeah, licks the napkin first, helps him with his jacket, which I love because you see Marshall sort of get annoyed for a second. It's like, I got it, Brad. Then we find out that... Brad has invited him to a wedding, which at first Ted tries to see optimistically, you know, two bros at a wedding could be like wedding crashers, mm-hmm. but no, this is a mini destination wedding in Vermont at a bed and breakfast and they're in the same room. The Walt Whitman suite, bro. And apparently he and Kara used to go there. So Brad is, I feel like Brad doesn't even see what he's doing. No. He's just so lonely. I know. Um, and Marshall even says no at first because he knows this is weird, but Brad breaks down in front of him about how much he misses Kara, so he caves. And he decides that after the wedding, he's going to break up with him, basically. If you were in this situation, would you break up before the wedding or after the wedding? Ooh. I don't think I would go to Vermont. I don't think I would do that. Hmm. But, I mean, Marshall is such a nice guy. I'm not surprised that he's going to wait because he agreed and it would be impolite to back out of an invitation after yeah, you agree to it. But I probably would have said no in the first place and just yeah. held Brad as he cried. And then just been I, like, you know, cry. I definitely would have said yes. <laughs> I And then would have gotten sick at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> No, I would have gone, but I would have hated it. Well, I would have been uncomfortable probably like the whole time. Yeah. <coughs> but it's not the first time I've done, gotten myself into situations <laughs> where I'm like, fuck, 
Oops. Just remember you hate going places and seeing people. It makes life a lot easier. Maybe yes. like every every week or every couple of weeks I'll need you to remind me you hate going places and you hate people. Yeah. Just stay at home. You better not be out in public. <laughs> I'm not. I'm home. <laughs> Send me a picture of you right now in bed. That's right. With with your toothbrush in your mouth, <laughs> blinking. <laughs> or holding winking, up rather. today's newspaper. <laughs> so I know it's real. Proof of life. <laughs> Proof of solitary confinement. Oh, God. So we get this quick little scene where we're back at Barney and Lily's place. Oh, my God. Isn't that so funny? I just... Yeah, I wrote that, too. Just their place. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, and they're just, like, gushing over these Italian sheets and this comfy bed. And, you know, Barney's like, all right, I'm going to go out, hit the bars. And, you know, Lily's going to stay home in this comfy bed. You know, she wishes there was a TV so she could watch Letterman and then another wall TV. There it is. Barney decides, you know, he sits down on the bed and he's like, he's going to stay in too. And they have this adorable, like, expression on each other's faces. Like, they're just in love and like, I thought you were going out. And he's like, just the monologue. So cute. So the next morning we see Marshall decked out and walking to meet Brad to head out for the wedding. But... There on the street is Brad <coughs> waiting with calla lilies. And Marshall, from like, well, like 100 yards away, is just like, no, 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 no. this can't be right. And he's like, I love this reaction. So angry with himself for misjudging it. And so he he's calls like, no. Ted. <laughs> he calls Like Ted. Michael Scott. Yes, yes. Very similar to that. <laughs> and he calls Ted to tell him, Marsh, uh, Ted and Robin start dying laughing, and Marshall knows he just has to suck it up and get in there and break up with with Brad. So he walks up to him, and he says, "Cow lilies are my favorite. I don't even know how you knew that." <laughs> I so guess you cute. just get me. You just get me. It's just like the most amazing breakup. Um, it is. And just as he's about to, you know, break it off, Kara walks up, kisses Brad, and takes the flowers that have always been meant for her. So they're back together, and no one told Marshall. And I love how Marshall, he just changes. Yeah, his completely. attitude completely changes. Like, so now he's gone from, like, the put-upon lover yeah. to the spurned lover. And I love when oh. he backs out and he just says, don't, Brad. Just don't. Just as Fernando swells up, which is an ABBA song. I fucking love that song. And I, I really genuinely enjoy abba oh hell yeah um so now brad thinks marshall's in love with him full turnaround full turnaround so we cut back to barney's apartment and we see that beginning opening scene and this time we know how it happened so we see barney and lily wake up and they start screaming and i love this they do like this check they look to make sure their clothes are still on um, yeah, and I love Lily's shirt. Did you notice her shirt? But it, I noticed that it's like, like it's like a cat in a suit. Oh, oh. it's like a human person from the neck down, and then yeah. head up is just a cat. I fucking love it. I want it so bad. And also the comforter, mm-hmm. and just like how like lush and luxurious it all looks. Do you remember the um, the little princess with Shirley Temple? Did you ever watch of that? And so yeah. she like wakes up in the in her attic it's like, bedroom, and it's like that plush bed yeah. and comforter yeah. and all the like delicious snacks and things. It just reminded me of that. I love that. I know. Oh, to be the little princess. Barney starts freaking out, you know, screaming at Lily. You know, you spoon me against my will. <laughs> and then he starts realizing that they redecorated their apartment together. They stayed in on a Friday night to watch a Letterman. And they slept together, but they didn't have sex. And Barney has this line I love, and he's screaming at her. He said, you were supposed to be the vaccine. You gave me the disease. (laughs) And he's just losing it. And Lily sees through him and lets him know that, no, you let down your guard, and that scares you. And you you want this. And you're, you're freaked out because it's so against everything that, you say you love Mm -hmm. and Barney has this look that like on his face where he's like sort of thinking about it yeah kind of taking it in and then he just yells at her like get out yeah he says "Uh uh-huh uh-huh you gotta go and that's that was Adam's 
legendary moment. That's right. Right? You're right. Yeah. So that, that moment of him remembering or sort of understanding that that is what he wants, but then also being like, yeah, but we can't. We can't unpack that right now. You need to get yeah, out no. of my house. Uh-huh. You got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Barney still wants her to leave, even though she's totally right. Uh, but she's not going to go without a fight. And so she starts yelling about getting used to a certain standard of living, which is a very common phrase in divorces, especially like big ticket divorces with alimony. And we get this voiceover about Mr. and Mrs. Stinson's two-week relationship ending. And that that was how Lily furnished her apartment. So I guess... In order to move out, Barney had to agree to let her keep all of that expensive shit. She drives a hard bargain. So after the official end of the episode, we see Marshall sometime later running into Brad on the street, and he's with Ted. And it's very much like you would run into an ex on the street. You know, you turn to your friend and say, oh, act like I said something funny. Yeah. And um, even Ted being like, oh, I know who you are. Just very, like, petty best friend, right? That's me. And um, Brad says, I got to go. I got this thing. And Marshall says, yeah, me too, but more important. <laughs> I So if you ever wanted to know what I'm, I'm like in real life, it is Ted and Marshall in this scene. Yeah, that's me and you are like this yeah. together. Um, and then as he strolls Definitely. off, tell me he looks fat, even if you don't believe it. So just an excellent little final scene that wraps up their whirlwind romance. <laughs> Oh. Their whirlwind sexless romance. Yeah. So what did you think of World's Greatest Couple? This is such a great episode. It is one of my favorites. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's fast-paced, uh, very Ted light, <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously that is a big draw for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy this episode. I, I couldn't believe when it was done that it was done. Yeah, and Barney and Lily episodes are so rare. Like, the two of them together. And I love them together. I I can think of, off the top of my head, one other one right now. There there are a few more where they're sort of, um, where Barney's confiding in Lily about things, but it isn't the whole arc of the episode. Mm -hmm. So this was really cool to see them together, because Allison and Neil are both such incredible actors especially comedic actors, so they did yeah. just a wonderful job together. And I guess the question stands, who is the world's greatest couple? Is it Lily and Barney, or is it Brad and Marshall? I love Marshall and Brad. Yeah? But I love Barney and Lily. I yeah. don't know. It's who tough. would you choose? Well, I mean, I think... Barney and Lily, just because they both seemed excited about it for the most amount of time. Wait, do we have to count Ted and Robin? Oh, no. They don't count. This was not about them at all. I liked Ted... Or Ted and Robin. Oh, my God. I liked Marshall and Brad in the beginning when it was, like, sweet and Mm. fun. And Mm. then I feel like Marshall let himself be swayed by Ted and Robin. Yeah, and get really paranoid about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wish he could have been like strong and more true to himself. Yeah. And just enjoyed those bros taking back Broadway. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it we'll call it a tie. Yeah. But they those were two great if short-lived couples for you. All right. So Kate, before we get into our legendary moments, let's hear what our fans have to say. Yay. So our first legendary moment comes from Laura on Twitter and Laura writes that her legendary moment is that Barney has an arcade machine in lieu of a kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Good find, Laura. Yeah, Love it. Catch. Yeah, it looks like it was um, like Pac-Man or something else that you could play on the tabletop. I remember having that at the... I feel like I had it at like the pizza place Yeah. in our town. They had a Pac-Man um, that you could sit at like that. Very nice catch. What a good little little legendary moment. Um, The next one comes from our international friend, Abha, who, as usual, cannot pick (laughs) one moment. So I'm going to read a couple of them. And so she enjoyed the first mention of the Fortress of Barnitude Mm -hmm. and and, uh, alludes to the fact that there is a a later episode about it. 
and also that she really wants Barney's 300 inch. Oh yeah, it's not 300 feet. It's 300 inches, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, 300 feet's ridiculous. That's really what big. am I thinking? <laughs> so she says you know, she wants Barney's. <laughs> Good with math. <laughs> says she really wants Barney's 300-inch plasma TV. She keeps saying it to everybody that one day when she's super-duper rich, she's going to get that TV. So it's a good first purchase, I think. So she also says, your podcast is redonkulous. I don't know what it means, but I'm sh- assuming it's great. <laughs> of course, that's, that's what Brad says about the zucchini bread, so we know it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And she says, it gives me great joy when I send my legendary moments to you guys every week. Thanks, your international friend from India. Aww. Thanks, Abha. Thanks, Abha. Thanks for sending them in. Yeah. We oh, love it. It looks like we have one message on the answering machine this week. Oh, we do. Let's yeah. take a listen. Hi, ladies. It's Miranda. So, best couple ever. This is not one of my favorites from season two. In fact, I put this down at the bottom of I don't really like this episode very much. Uh, I like the whole premise of everything. I'm just not a fan of Brad. But my favorite, our legendary moment, has to be when Robin and Ted are giving Marcel some shit in the in the bar. And they're like, you know, third date now. You know, you gotta step it up. No granny panties. is the best line ever. So that is my legendary moment. I hope you both are keeping it cool. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Wow. I thought, I was sure that Miranda wasn't going to like this episode because of the large Lily component. I did not see yeah. Brad coming. No, I wonder why she doesn't like Brad. Miranda, I mean, other than he's that? like a, he's a total like. Broham. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks Miranda and thanks Abha and Laura for sending in your legendary moments. And thanks to Adam and Aaron for sharing theirs with us too during the interview. So what is your legendary moment, Caitlin? I think my favorite is uh, Marshall. And just his like the expressions on his face. And I love when they are at brunch and Brad makes the comment about not overselling the eggs, Benny. And Marshall's like, right, right. <laughs> and that's so like natural. Yeah. And I love his, the transformation from when uh, he goes from, like you said, being the one to break up with Brad to then being slighted. Yeah. And just, he's like, and then the whole scene at the end, of course. Yeah. So So, solid Marshall. Solid Marshall episode. Yeah. My legendary moment was very small. We didn't talk about it, but it was. When Barney and Lily are sitting at the breakfast table together for the first time, and she's about to say something, and then she stops, and then he just says, you're my wife. You can tell me anything. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And he seemed to have such pure joy about that. You can tell that somewhere yeah. buried very deep, Barney really wants to be in a relationship. And it's just a heart-melting moment, so I really liked that. Uh, runner-up is Lily's cat shirt. Solid runner-up. Right? Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time for Aldrin Justice, which is a great episode. Yay. And, yeah, so watch along and send us your legendary moment for Aldrin Justice. Or if you're new to the podcast and you want to send a legendary moment in from a previous episode, you can do that. And just send us an email at heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook or Twitter at heybeautifulpod. We'd like to send a special thanks to our friends of the podcast, Aaron and Adam, for Wait For It. Yes, thank you guys Uh, so much. It was so awesome talking to you. We really enjoyed that. Thank you. And be sure to listen to us every Thursday where we post new recaps. Subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. We really want to get more of those. It helps other people like you find our podcast. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe. The iTunes? You can subscribe to us. Wow. Listen.